Hello everybody, my name is Mason Rayburn. It's the week of January 13th, 2017, and this is the Rayburn Report. Our first story this week was last Friday's airport shooting in Fort Lauderdale. The uh, suspect Esteban Santiago Ruiz, a 26-year-old resident of Alaska and military veteran, was actually apprehended as, pa as part of the shooting. What's interesting about this is that Esteban, after he returned from his service, he was a soldier in Iraq. He visited the FBI field office in Anchorage in November 2016 and reported that the U.S. government was controlling his mind, was making him watch videos by the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, and that the CIA was forcing him to join the group. He stated that he was hearing voices telling him to commit acts of violence, that he was in control and didn't intend to hurt anybody. He was urged to seek mental health treatment, and he was investigated by the FBI. The Alaska police actually took his handgun from him due to the incidents, but returned it in December because Santiago had not been convicted of a serious crime, involuntary committed to a, involuntarily committed to a mental institution, or defined as mentally defective. So what makes this case so interesting is that the shooting took place in the baggage claim area of an airport, which as you know is there's no security there. So you had people um, on the left innocently clamoring that the you, you, know, you need to ban guns there. But what's interesting is that you could just as easily pulled up in a car, walked inside, and started shooting. So you really wouldn't do anything good there. And then the, the people on the right who usually claim um, military or mental disorder, uh, this guy said that he had it and they weren't able to confirm it and they got he got his gun back the same gun that he used in the shooting so he, no one's right here you, you can't just shout gun control and you can't just shout mental disability it doesn't work so i'm very curious to see in the upcoming days if there's any news about what what steps could you take to prevent something like this in the future our second story of the day is the nomination of Jeff Sessions to United States Attorney General by President-elect Donald Trump. Uh, there was a recent congressional hearing about the about him, and it was actually uh, from NPR. It was put on Facebook Live, which I actually uh, tuned into to watch. And um, you'd be surprised the amount of people who just said the word "racist" over and over again, which um, I looked into, because as always, you want to make sure people are on the up and up, and, and besides being from Alabama, there's nothing really you can hit him with about being racist. There's some there's some things in there that that's contested, like I think one time he, he's alleged to have called someone boy, uh, something like that, which is strange, because Jeff Sessions is, is, is really bad across the board at everything else, I mean... He voted against the stimulus package, citing that it would increase the national debt. But he voted for the 2001 and 2003 tax cuts, the Iraq War. So he seems to only care about the debt when there's a Democrat in office. When there's a Republican, increase it all the way. Um, you know, besides that, he's your t he's he's pretty much the most conservative member of the Senate you can imagine. He's against "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" repeal. 
He opposed all three of President Obama's nominations for the Supreme Court. He opposed the TARP program, the 2009 stimulus, the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act. He, he is just, he's one of these people who's just against everything except for certain really horrible things. And I'm speaking, of course, of civil forfeiture. If you don't know what civil forfeiture is, it's, you can get, let's say I one day went to the bank and I was like, hey, I want to take out $10,000. So I took out $10,000 cash money. I put it in a briefcase. I put it in my car and I drove. And the police pulled me over. I wasn't speeding. I didn't run a red light. Tail lights were good. Registration, everything good. Police maybe just wanted to, to do a little check-in. Maybe they're, you know, a, uh, there's just a stop or something like that. They see that $10,000 without charging me for a crime, they can take that money. That is civil forfeiture. It's, it's legally allowed, allowed to be done. And it happens across this country every year. People have thousands upon thousands of dollars taken from them by law enforcement and are not charged with any crime. Sessions was a strong supporter of that. He opposes any reform, end quote, of civil forfeiture legislation. He is, it's very strange to hit him on the racist thing when he, there's not really any strong evidence of that at all. I mean, this is a guy who, who's against stem cell research. He's, you know, he, he doesn't believe in climate change. He's a, the rank and file most conservative person you can constantly imagine. And to the point where he's just, he's bullheaded, he doesn't believe in anything except saying no to someone who has a Democrat or a D next to their name. Uh, what's really interesting, if you go back to, and you look at the Senate elections in Alabama, because I'm that kind of nerd, in 2014 he ran on a post, um, but in 2008 he actually did have a Democratic challenger who he beat by about 600,000 votes. In 2002, he won by around 240,000 votes. In 1996, he only won by 100,000 votes. And so it just kind of shows you that Democrats are voting less and less in the Senate elections in Alabama. I would be, I'd be very curious to see if there's actually a trend of you know migration leaving Alabama. And, and maybe that's what's contributing to his, you know greater and greater win but this is a bad pick folks this is this is someone who is just he's pro torture he's pro seizing internet domains if they host copyrighted content copyrighted content excuse me he uh, I don't know but this one this one's a, a really bad pick in my opinion of course you're free to disagree our third story, and I can't believe I have to cover this, is something called Golden Gate. Uh, for those of you who don't know, during, I believe it was President Obama's farewell address, BuzzFeed leaked an unconfirmed report that Russia has blackmailing evidence on President-elect Donald Trump, and that it is him going to, I believe it's the Ritz-Carlton, uh, in Russia, the same room that Barack Obama and his wife were in, and us getting uh, peed on by hookers. 
Um, it's also called P Gate. Um, I have no idea. It's very tempting over the last eight years to have seen other people claim that President Obama is not an American, that he is not a Christian, that he is a communist, all these demonstrably false things about him. And it's so it, it's very tempting for me to just to say, oh, you know, uh, believe what you want. But you can go look at the, I think it's 35-page document on BuzzFeed. And it's it's so far from not believable. Just looking at the document, it's not written as an intelligence document should be written. It it contains errors like calling Russian investment group Alpha ALFA instead of ALPHA. Uh, BuzzFeed, quote, published the full document so that Americans can make up their own mind about allegations that have been about the president-elect that have circulated at the highest levels of U.S. government, end quote. Um, that sounds like it, it completely just made up. It's the equivalent of when Donald Trump said several critical people, credible people are, are saying that Barack Obama's birth certificate is fake. It's the same thing. And so while I would love to say, you know, make up your own mind, or credible people, it's not. It's it's some, honestly, if BuzzFeed's not doing this on purpose, somebody has duped BuzzFeed because I, I don't even think this is in the realm of possibility. This is just, it's demonstrating how far we've come in the last eight years about how we're willing to believe the worst or the most outlandish things about people. And I don't know where we go from here. Our fourth story is the January 11th Senate Amendment votes. Uh, this is something that, unless you follow politics at the highest level, you probably didn't hear about or really don't care about. But the Senate actually stayed till 1 a.m., which <laughs> very surprising you get government people staying that late. But uh, it's very interesting the, what the Democrat strategy was for this. The Democrats proposed a bunch of amendments, like... Uh, Assuring that even though Republicans plan to repeal the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act, you wouldn't strip people who, who had gotten medicated because of it, of their status, or you wouldn't negatively impact the elderly, or you wouldn't affect Social Security or Medicare, or the, uh, the provision that keeps 26-year-olds on their parents' insurance. You wouldn't affect that. And so they threw out a bunch of amendments. And so what the Republicans did is they voted against them. And then that gave a great mouthpiece for the Democrats to say, look, look, they're voting against Medicaid, they're voting against the elderly, they're voting against children, and da-da-da-da. Um, you know, the Republicans did it because they don't want to be hampered by anything when they, if they choose to repeal the, uh, the Affordable Care Act. But a lot of Democrats voted for them because the Republicans have no plan. They have no health care plan at all. In fact, if you look it up, their, their strategy is called repeal and delay, which is they're going to repeal it, and then the situation is going to get so bad that they're going to be forced to act on it. This is the United States Senate, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot imagine, because as someone who does have 
a need for health insurance because of something that I completely could not control. And I know that there's millions of other people out there too who are who are being used as a game in this. Like, oh, you just don't matter. Don't worry, it'll get so bad that da 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 da. Uh, I don't know. Once, once you have some skin in the game when it comes to something like this, it kind of changes your it changes your thought process about it. But I'd be very curious to see um, what Purdue and Isaacson, our two senators here in the state of Georgia, what their plans are. Because right now, if you go to the website, it's all just rhetoric. It's all to provide the highest care to the most people. It's absolutely meaningless. It's just talk. And we need action. And now we turn to the main story of today's show. Uh, the Russian hacking, and I know most of you just moved to turn this off or just try to zone out, but before you do, quote, We did not make an assessment of the impact that Russian activities had on the outcome of the 2016 election, end quote. That statement is from the Director of National Intelligence, James R. Clapper, a former Marine rifleman and lieutenant general in the United States Air Force. Quote, assessing Russian activities and intentions in recent U.S. elections, end quote, is a declassified version of a highly classified assessment that has been provided to both the president and to recipients approved by the president. You can, the intelligence community can't reveal everything they know or how they get it, because then you can kind of defend against it. But they directly assess that president dictator Vladimir Putin ordered an influence in the 2006 campaign at the U.S. presidential election. They wanted to undermine public faith in the democratic process. They wanted to hurt Secretary Clinton and harm her electability. All three agencies agree on this. The CIA, the, CIA, the FBI have high confidence in this judgment. The NSA has moderate confidence. You never, the intelligence community never is allowed to say it's certain. They only can say confidence or probability or something like that. And if the FBI is saying it, especially because next week we're going to cover a story about how F, uh, James Comey possibly cost Hillary Clinton the election, and we're going to examine a lot of math and statistics and stuff like that. If the FBI is saying it, it's nonpartisan, folks. Deal with it. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to doubt when all three of these agencies are saying this. Um... Putin publicly pointed to the Panama Papers disclosure and the Olympic doping scandal as U.S. efforts to defame Russia. And he sought to use these disclosures to, to discredit the image of the United States and cast as hypocritical. Uh, keep in mind that Secretary Clinton uh, incited mass protests against Putin's regime in late 2011 and 2012. And he probably held a grudge is what, the, is what they believe. Um, beginning in June, Putin publicly praised, or he kind of avoided directly publicly praising Trump because the Kremlin would thought that it was going to backfire. But, um, nevertheless, they had a preference for him. Um, pro-Kremlin figures spoke highly about what they saw as Russia-friendly positions in Syria and Ukraine. Um, and... Moscow also saw the election of President-elect Trump as a way to achieve international counterterrorism coalition against ISIS. Keep in mind that Barack Obama took a very step back, not wanting to 
get involved as much as Bush did in Middle Eastern affairs. But Russia did have, I think they had troops on the ground, which is something that the United States has kind of held back from. So maybe, you know, this is something that was in their best interest. And, and, and what, what really was very strange is that people doubted this. Um, the United States does this, folks. The United States did this hugely back during the Cold War where we overthrew governments in Nicaragua, Chile, Iran. But we also do this subtly. We have programs called uh, Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. There's, a, I believe I'm pronouncing this correctly, Allura. It's called the Free One in Arabic. It's a United States public satellite TV channel that broadcasts news, current affairs, programming to audience in the Middle East and North Africa. Um, Operation Mockingbird was a campaign by the CIA to influence the media in the U.S. and internationally. In, uh, I think it was in the 1948. And after 1953, when he was appointed, when Alan Dules was appointed head of the CIA, he had already influenced 25 newspapers and wire agencies. It, the operation happened in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, it is something we every country does. They try to influence elections to get something much more friendly on their side. And so I don't understand why people are doubting this. It, why you're trapped in a little bubble. Russia hacked the DNC and revealed this information to try to harm, to get someone who's better for them in office. The Republicans and Democrats do it to each other. So I don't see why it's so hard to believe that Russia does it too. Uh, especially with with just how Russia has, has been geopolitically opposed to the United States for going on 70 years now. And now the Republicans are acting like we're buddy-buddy with them? No, you can read the uh, the actual report. It's online, and it's actually a really good read, and it will compel you to believe that this has actually occurred. Uh, you read the information that they've gathered, and, and you pretty much conclude that it happened what's also super if you want to get the duality of what we're going to be expecting the next four years trump's gonna flash he's gonna say something big on twitter people are gonna go crazy uh rince priebus his incoming chief of staff told fox news sunday that the president-elect had accepted the findings of the report which were presented to him by the chase on friday quote he's not denying that entities in russia were behind this particular campaign end quote mr priebus added there you go, folks. You have to understand that you're going to get flash, and then you're going to get substance. These next four years, or eight years possibly, it's going to be the, the difficult thing to tell the difference between the two.